10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwall, and thank you so much for joining me once again. I know it's been a very long time since I had the opportunity to speak to you guys, and I have to apologize for that up front. As you know, I can get a little emotional at times when I'm talking about uh, things that involve this country, the politics and um, the direction that we're heading. And I just got to the point where I needed to step away because I was going to disrespect you, my listeners, um, by not adequately controlling my temper and my language. And I do try to do that. I I know that I slip at times on the show and uh, use words that you wouldn't say in front of your mother. But I do try to keep that to a minimum, and that is because I do respect you guys, and I I am very fortunate to have a very diverse listener base, Um, young and old, men and women, um, United States, a couple outside the country, Um, and I don't want to offend anyone with my anger and the language that I use when I'm angry. I have spent a little bit of time talking to my good friend, Chris Blakeman, lately, and most of you who have listened to the show fairly recently know that Chris is the host of an absolutely phenomenal podcast called Ben Speaks. And Chris and I have been talking recently about some type of collaboration that we could do together. Um, Chris is much more laid back and, and a little more subdued than I am. Um, he would be the straight man, so to speak, if we were to do something like that. Um, you know, because as I said, I I do get emotional and certainly more carried away than, than Chris does. I love his presentation. It's very different from mine. Um, he sounds like a college professor and you're sitting in a leather chair across from his desk in his study And he's got a smoking jacket on and a pipe and he's telling you how things actually work. Um, It works for him. I I would hate to see him uh, attempt to change that because it's just so it's so him. You know, Chris is one of those guys who is very much speak softly and carry a big stick. Um, He's not one of those people that you want to piss off, to be perfectly honest. Um, but he's extremely intelligent and well-spoken and kind of soft-spoken when he's um, presenting the things that he wants to talk about, which is not something that I generally do. I I was inspired listening to his most recent episode. Actually, I just finished listening to it here about five minutes ago. Um, And it inspired me to get back on the horse and to come talk to you guys and do another episode. Um, A lot of the things that Chris talked about are things that are very much in the forefront of my mind. Um, One of the things that he addressed was the the riots and the violence that has been used to try to 
get people to believe something that they wouldn't ordinarily believe. You know, in the case of uh, Black Lives Matter, it's that, you know, all whites are racist, all cops are out to kill black people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Chris made the point that presenting any idea with violence um, or trying to force it down someone's throat is going to result in the law of unintended consequences, which is something that Chris likes to talk about a lot. And he's right when he does. It's not that he's browbeating a topic or he doesn't have anything else to talk about. I mean, it's like when he brings it up, it's exactly what's happening. And I've noticed that in myself. You know, that's one of the things that has really aggravated me lately and kind of pushed me away from doing another episode until I felt like I was able to do so calmly and in a positive manner. Um, the more I see from Black Lives Matter, the more I'm told that all white people are racist, the more I'm told that all cops are out to kill black people, the more I'm told that every black person is put upon and grows up in a horrible, poor environment and they have no opportunities and blah, 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 blah. blah the less likely I am to care one iota about whatever it is they're trying to cram down my throat at this point, And it's not a, it's not a racist thing, but the actions of black lives matter, the insults directed to people like me because of the way we look solely because of the way we look, you're a white person, you're born inherently racist. Is there a more racist position in the United States than that right now? You know, there certainly has been. But right now, I firmly believe that is the most racist position held in the United States. And it's held by about half the country, which is horrifying to me. You know, I'm no more born racist than I'm born hating myself. I'm a human being. People who don't look like me are human beings. People who don't ambulate like me are human beings. I remember when I was in second, third grade, I had a, a best friend named Chris. Absolutely phenomenal kid. Um, heart like gold. I mean, you, you just can't imagine, you can't imagine the heart that this kid had. Um, it was truly a privilege and an honor to be his friend. And Chris was in a wheelchair. And when I was in second and third grade, I didn't look at Chris as my friend in the wheelchair. I looked at Chris as my friend. I didn't think about it, you know, when I would push his wheelchair out to the playground. He could have done it himself. I wanted to help him out. He's my friend. Um, you know, I, I didn't think of it in terms of him having a disability or him being different from me. And that's one of the reasons that I balk so much when people say that all white people are born inherently racist. It's not until we're older, it's not until we're exposed to society 
It's not until we've dealt with idiots. It's not until we've had the outside influence of people that shouldn't influence themselves, let alone anyone else. That we start to realize people are different. If I saw Chris now, I'd see the wheelchair. I'm not at all proud of that. When I talk to my black friends, it can be uncomfortable now. Especially if we're talking about current events. I'm not proud of that. But I was not born that person. I was turned into that person by a society that, frankly, in a lot of ways in this day and age, completely sucks ass. I mean, it just does. You can't watch a half hour local news segment or Lester Holt on NBC, the nightly news that everybody stops for. Oh, God, here's the truth. Here's the way it was. You can't watch those things without, you know, white guy, you know, white cop, black kid, white person, black person. Of course, the white person's always wrong. You know, it's like we're the villain in a freaking Star Wars episode. <laughs> Wait a minute, Darth Vader was black. Um, but it, it really is just completely tiresome. And it becomes frustrating when you don't have an outlet to express how bogus the national narrative really is. You know, I, I love this podcast. I love each of you. You know that. I tell you all the time, if one person listens and gets something out of it, then it's worthwhile to me. And it is. Um, but being perfectly honest, I mean, I, I don't have the outlet to counter the national narrative. You know, I'm not Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or Mark Levin or anybody else. I don't have the opportunity to have the influence that those people do. Um, and it's hard. Because I find myself sitting in my living room being told that I'm a terrible, awful racist. Who oppresses people, who holds people down, who was born this way, and my kids were born this way. Black people don't do anything wrong. It's all because of people like me that every black person's life isn't exactly the way they would like it to be. I have news for you. My life isn't exactly the way I'd like it to be. I have very real stresses and very real challenges. I have things that I have to overcome on a daily basis too. You know, it's not all about skin color. Now I've told you guys before, I did lose a really good job opportunity where I was the top candidate by civil service test. I was number one. I didn't get an interview. I wrote a letter to the police chief. Hey, what happened? Very respectfully, of course. When 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 am I coming in? When are you going to talk to me? Recommendation letters from two current police officers who were actually detectives on that force. One of them was in my Army Reserve unit. I went in the following weekend for drills. Hey, Sergeant Bennett, what happened? Said you never had a chance. 
They hired two black guys, an Asian and a woman. That's a very real case of racial discrimination against me. It's completely legal. It's completely legal to discriminate against people that look like me. If you're black, it's not. You can't legally discriminate against a black person. You can't legally discriminate against a woman. Now it happens. I'm not naive enough to say that it doesn't happen. I know better. But a black person or a woman can sue. I'm told, hey, tough luck, buddy. Maybe next time. I don't care about the color of your skin, and I'm tired of hearing about it, to be perfectly honest. I am tired of it. I have been discriminated against because of the color of my skin legally in the United States of America in 2021, not in freaking 1779, not in 1864. No, now, now. Legal discrimination against me because of my skin color and or my plumbing, and it's fine. Why? Because apparently it's my fault that people a couple hundred years ago did some dumb shit. You know, while we're at it, why don't we execute O.J. Simpson's kids for murder? I mean, that's fair. That's the same thing. Their first-generation ancestor killed two people. We should execute them. Ludicrous, right? Stupid, right? So is the legal discrimination that's actually taking place in the United States of America right now. Get off my TV telling me you're put upon. Bullshit. Now, I'm not either. And I don't dwell on that example. I think about it when people come up, oh, I don't have the opportunity because I'm black. I don't get to do anything because I'm black. I can't make something of myself because I'm black. No, you can't make something of yourself because that's your freaking attitude. And if I had quit when I was discriminated against, guess where I would be? In the same freaking position. Where they deserve to be where I would have deserved to be if I quit. Tell me that I'm racist. Tell me. Tell me that I've done anything to stunt the personal growth of anyone of any shade. Show me proof. Please, I want you to. Some of you guys know me personally. If I've done that, I want it presented. I will bring you on the show and I will not say a word to counter anything you say. If you can present to me that I discriminated against someone and held them back in any way whatsoever, the show's yours. I will not counter you, period. You have my word. You know, Chris is right. 
the tribalism, the stereotyping, the race-based insults, the visceral anger, the borderline hatred and hatred from some people on both sides has brought us to an ugly place. You know, Black Lives Matter has made me completely unsympathetic to any black cause in this country right now. That is not something I'm proud of. But like Chris said, when you handle things with rioting and looting and murder and injuring over 2,000 cops and causing over $4 billion of nationwide property damage, count me out of your cause. I don't care who you are or what it is. It, it can be, you know, the, the national takeover to make Jason Fornwalt king of the world. If you do it with violence, count me 100% out of your cause. I won't support any black cause at this point. If things change, if we get another Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who says, we're going to do this peacefully, I'm going to be the spokesman now. He didn't say that. He wasn't that arrogant. But, you know, if we have somebody who is going to be the spokesperson for that movement, who is going to do it with peace, who is going to welcome in everyone, I'll participate. I'll help, I'll encourage, I'll lift up, I'll be a voice. But if you're gonna do it the way you're doing it now, you're on your own. Boy, I sure am glad the FBI raided Rudy Giuliani's apartment this week, aren't you? I mean, is there a, a bigger ne'er-do-well and rabble-rouser than that goofy old-looking son of a bitch with a lisp? I mean, I, I doubt it, seriously. I mean, we've got to get him off the streets. He is such a danger and a menace to society. I mean, I thank God this is happening because he's terrified me for so long. What What is going on? What is going on? Allegedly, Giuliani didn't register as a foreign agent when he was over in Ukraine on behalf of President Trump. Wow. Wow. As if anybody in Washington didn't know who Giuliani was and didn't know precisely what he was doing. I mean, it's, it's really not this hard. You know, it's like saying, is Joe Biden registered as a foreign agent? Because if not, he's not allowed to talk to Putin on the telephone because we don't know his position and we don't know what he might be doing. Actually, I hope Biden doesn't talk to Putin or anybody else. That has the potential to be disastrous for all of us. But, yeah, allegedly Giuliani didn't register as a foreign agent when he was working in Ukraine on behalf of President Trump. Contrast that with Joe Biden, who was put in charge of China and Ukraine by Barack Obama during the Obama administration. Biden put in charge of, of Ukraine Magically and mysteriously, somehow, wink, wink, nod, nod, 
sees his son get a $150,000 a month job that he is in no way qualified for. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Victor Shokin, who's a prosecutor in Ukraine, starts looking into, hey, what's going on with this hunter dude? He doesn't have any qualifications to do this, and he's getting paid a whole lot of money. Shokin starts to look into it. Well, along comes Big Daddy Joe, known as the big guy, on the laptop, which has been verified by the FBI to be absolutely true and belonging to Hunter. He comes along and says, you know what, Ukraine, we've got a billion dollars in foreign aid here for you, and you can have it. But you can't have it until Victor Shokin is fired and stops investigating my son, my little boy who's an idiot and not qualified to do anything but smoke crack naked in a bathtub. He's barely capable of that. He's got a book coming out, though. Make sure you guys get it. Yeah. My Life Accomplishing Absolutely Nothing by Hunter Biden. Forward by the guy who got me the book deal. My daddy. But it's like Biden admitted to all of this publicly. He said in front of the Foreign Policy Committee that you're not getting the billion dollars, Ukraine, until the prosecutor is fired. And out of the fun little tagline, and son of a bitch, he got fired. That's called a quid pro quo, ladies and gentlemen. Not as it only called a quid pro quo, but it's one that was admitted to in public. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's heard it. Nancy Pelosi has seen it. Adam Schiff has seen it. All the idiots involved in the false impeachment of President Trump over quid pro quo pro quid. Can I try that one more time? Quid pro quo in Ukraine have seen it. They know about it. They know it's absolutely true by confession. Everything's on the platter. We know it's an impeachable offense. They said it was. We've got all the evidence we need. We have a confession. Now, nah, we're, we're not going to do that to, to sweet old Joe. I mean, Joe Sieghiles the party line. We, we can't do anything to him. Poor, sweet, little, old, frail Joe. Why do you want to hurt him? He's never done anything to anybody. And the FBI goes along with it. Yeah, we know it all. We've got Hunter's laptop. We know Joe's the big guy. We heard his confession too, just like everybody else. But see Kyle to the party, we're not going to do anything about it. You know, it's just like when President Trump said, we're going to walk down there and protest peacefully and patriotically. Apparently, being peaceful and patriotic is inciting an insurrection. But if you're Chuck Schumer, you can go stand on the steps of the Supreme Court and say, we're coming for you, Gorsuch, and we're coming for you, Kavanaugh, if you keep making these kinds of decisions. When both justices were there and he's making a threat. 
see Kyle, nothing happens. How about Maxine Waters just recently during the Chauvin trial? She went to Minneapolis. Now, some of you may remember the pictures of Minneapolis burning and being looted and people being killed and cops being injured all over the place last year by Black Lives Matter. The same people that were out there that she went out to speak to, the same freaking terrorists. And she said if they don't get the decision they want, maybe they should become more confrontational. More confrontational than terrorism. But Maxine Waters, Sieg Hiles, nothing happens. You know, I think it was the literally the second episode of this podcast that I did. It's called The Two-Tiered Justice System. You can go back and listen to it. I talked about what a colossal problem this is in this country. We have a garbage, criminal, vile, I'll stop barely short of evil president of the United States at this point. We know he did exactly what they accused Donald Trump of in Ukraine. We know it because he said he did. And he's proud of it. Well, son of a bitch, she got fired. <laughs> to applause from the C. Kylers. I mean, it's just disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Democrats can get away with anything. You know, let you try to say anything that they would say. And I could tell you personally that the Gestapo will bang on your freaking door. It was one year ago yesterday that I wrote a very polite, very professional letter asking the governor of, the, of Maryland to resign, Larry Hogan, and listed his numerous constitutional violations. Absolutely no threat. Absolutely no insinuation of a threat. I asked him to resign because he destroyed the Constitution that he has sworn to uphold, and he's still doing it. The day after I wrote that letter, guess what happened? Bang, 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 bang! On my door at 10 o'clock at night. His brown shirts were there. Tactical vests. We're here because you threatened the governor. Yeah, no, I really just wrote a letter and that was it. Oh, well, it was the stuff you posted on Facebook. Uh, okay. Do you have the post? Would you show it to me, please? He looks through his phone. Well, that's not a threat. That's not a threat. That's not. Well, I guess it was just the totality of it all. And I didn't say it. Because the Gestapo will take you away if you disagree with them under the orders of Fuhrer Hogan. But it's like the totality of what? My First Amendment right to speak freely? I did tell him. I said, you know what? I said, I'm not even angry. I said, I feel sorry for you. Here you are being forced to try to enforce unconstitutional laws. The Constitution that you're sworn to uphold and that I'm sure you take very seriously. And he just looked down and kind of shook his head a little bit. 
sadly, he has to see Kyle. You know, I, I don't use that expression at all loosely. As you guys know, I am the very immensely proud grandson of a first wave Omaha Beach veteran. My granddad is the greatest man I have ever known and the greatest man I will ever know. And he went over there and with a few hundred thousand of his closest friends kicked the shit out of Adolf Hitler. He kicked the shit out of tyranny. He kicked the shit out of Nazism. He kicked the shit out of that garbage way of life and that garbage way of thinking. He put his life on the line going across that beach because he believed in what we as Americans do. Personal liberty. Truth, justice, the American way. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Or at least it was until we fell under the reign of Dr. Fauci, little freaking troll who decides he's going to run our lives, every aspect of it. Oh, I'm wrong? True or false, he told you when you could leave your house at the beginning of this. True or false, he told you when you went out, you had to have a mask on. True or false, for a long time, and still even, he said, this is what you're allowed to do, this is what you're not allowed to do. You know who the hell else did that? That man, and I use the term loosely, that my grandfather kicked the hell out of. I am ashamed that he's looking down and seeing what he's seeing now. With the leftist propaganda machine coming out of the talk box, with the Gestapo showing up at your front door, with a little dictatorial troll who wasn't elected by anybody telling you when you're allowed to go outside. Biden doing the same thing. Maybe I'll let you have the 4th of July this year if you do everything I tell you to do. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And we're just going to sit here and let it happen? Are you starting to see why I haven't recorded for a while, folks? I can't watch dictators take over the United States of America and not be an asshole. And you're worried about the outcome of some police officer's trial. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because that's the biggest thing we've got to worry about right now. Yeah, okay. Keep telling yourself that, please. Only when, only when we stand together shoulder to shoulder as one American family, as we the people, will this stop? All of it. Only when we do that. Can I look at my black neighbor and say, hey, you know what? I don't give a shit what you look like. Do you believe in the values of these great United States? Hell yeah. All right, good. You're on my team. Mr. Asian man. 
you know, do you believe in truth, justice, the American way and the Constitution? Hell yeah. Great. You're on my team. Hey, purple woman, do you believe all this stuff too? Hell yeah. You're on my team. You know, it absolutely disgusted me, and I didn't watch the speech. I only saw this in the highlight, which may be unfair, and if it is, I apologize. But Joe Biden actually said in his speech to a joint session of Congress that we, the people, is the government. The government. Government will make our decisions for us. Government will protect us. Government will make sure we get everything we need. Government will throw out as much money as they need to to make sure we can all sit on our asses and be fat and lazy and just collect a check for doing nothing. As I sit here working a 17-hour shift on a Sunday. Happy to do so. Government's not our baby. Government's not our friend. And I say this on a figurative level, because I know the Gestapo will come out again. Figuratively, governments are enemy, folks. Governments are our enemy. That's who divides us. That's who's trying to conquer us. Make up your own mind. What side do you want to stand on? And so having accomplished exactly none of the goals that I set for myself, those being don't use any foul language, don't get angry, respect your listeners. I'm going to call it a wrap here on this episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that have been with me for a long time, thank you so much. Thanks for putting up with another break. Thanks for putting up with another Jason explosion. And uh, I hope I can count on you to be back next week where I will try again to respect you guys, not use as much bad language, and try not to get angry. You know, those are all tries with me. I'm not guaranteeing anything, unfortunately. Um, but you know, I always love to hear from you guys. There's a couple of different ways you can reach me. We are at Treehouse1776, at Treehouse1776 on Twitter. You can send us an email, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com. For those of you who might be new, um, see if you can find somebody that's listened to the show before and ask them to give you an honest answer uh, as to whether or not I'm always this angry. Trust me, I'm not. Um, I hope you'll give me one more shot and I hope you'll become a permanent member of the Treehouse of Liberty. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Take care. Hey guys, go listen to Ben Speaks. You're welcome.